Well, today we're going to cover several topics. First, the story from Denise Loining with LBRW Cattle Company and using software that helps them efficiently develop their young bulls. From tracking feed, both inventory and what is fed, to also health records with their veterinarian. So it allows our team, if you will, to have a really good picture of what's happening in this development season of these bulls. Then RMA Administrator Marsha Bunger will be joining us to talk about a new risk management tool for cow-calf producers. It was a gap that we saw, and fortunately, a private submitter was able to formulate a policy and bring it through the... And finally, I'll bring to you a recap of the fall run and how that calf market is progressing as we review early October numbers. And then finally, Don Day joining us as we take a look at our long-term weather. All of this on today's episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. This is the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. We're glad to have you tuned in and saddled up for today's show. We do have a lot to cover, as you heard there in the opening, and excited to bring that to you. Don't forget, if you're out and listening on the radio and you missed something in today's show, or you want to go back and listen to previous shows, in fact, I'm referencing uh, when we get to talking about the markets later on, I do reference the show we had a couple of weeks ago, episode 137 with Clint Berry, entitled You Can Smell It Coming, an outlook on the fall cattle market. Uh, you can go back and listen to that uh, those shows by going to our podcast website at workingranchradio.com or any podcast provider out there. Now, speaking of previous shows, go back and listen to last week's show, a great show that uh, we had an interview with Tim Sheehy, who is uh, a former Navy SEAL, now turned businessman, rancher as well. They're selling branded beef products. They're also uh, in his ranch in Montana, also working with combat veterans to work on their ranch and get them skills that they're learning there. A great interview there. And he's also running for U.S. Senate in Montana, uh, which is a hot seat in the country, no doubt about that. Well, before we get too far, let's say a quick thanks to our sponsors today of the Working Ranch Radio Show, Vitalix. Livestock is your livelihood. Tubs are our expertise. Vitalix, the true blue tub. Find out more at Vitalix.com. And Performance Beef. Performance Beef makes decisions based on data, not a hunch. You have cattle management software that's easy to use and allows you to simplify feeding performance and health data recording all from the shoot site or maybe you're out in the pen or at the pasture find out more at performancelivestockanalytics.com and tank toad your remote water monitoring from the convenience of your phone powered by solar satellite and cell you can keep an eye on your water supply with a daily text message call metal arc solutions today for tank monitors well controllers generators and more at 801-252-6135 or on their website at tanktoad.com well let's check in now with the captain tim o'burn publisher and editor of working ranch magazine for this week's edition of tim's two cents hey justin hey everybody out there in working ranch radio land justin it's no secret that any chance i get i go into these big grocery stores and straight to the meat case and start prowling around in there and poking around and uh, asking questions and taking pictures and um Actually, this one really kind of shocked me. Christine brought it to my attention. She said, you got to go back to this store. I'm not going to mention the name of it. And check this out. And I did that. And I got to tell you, it was shocking. They had a big ground beef case. said ground beef right on it. uh, About six feet tall, six feet wide. Had about five or six shelves on it. Lots of good ground beef in there from all over the place. And in the middle of it were uh, was about dedicated a foot wide uh, on one shelf to this um whatever you call this fake meat product and there it was sitting right there in the middle of all the ground beef and the worst part of it you guys is that one of them said beef on the packaging it says b-e-e-f and like all caps and i mean if you just on first glance you'd swear that it was a package of hamburger and it is not right for them to do that. I took pictures of that, sent it up uh, into some of the industry, um, our industry associates in the uh, national cattle organizations to say, hey, this is what is happening at this great big retail chain. And it ain't right. And actually, I went back to and talked to the manager and I said, come on, you can't have this in here like that. This is not beef. People are, are going to you know, think that 
you know, it says beef on the package, they're going to grab it and go, and they're not getting what they paid for. And he said, I don't know why that's there. It's supposed to be in another section of the store. Uh, they had another area for it. I don't know. I think they just tried. Maybe they're so desperate to get rid of the stuff, they threw it in with the ground beef. But by labeling it beef is dead wrong, and I don't like it. That's my two cents. Let's do something about it. All right. Thanks, Captain. You know, I agree. Just a couple thoughts as you were talking about that. Yeah, it seems a little bit deceptive to be throwing those manufactured products into the beef case. Uh, and the second thought would be maybe that it would be better off if they were over in the vegetable aisle. <laughs> Just a thought there. Well, folks, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, Denise Loining with Elbar W Cattle Company will be joining us as we're going to talk about the software platform they're using to be efficient in growing out and raising of their bulls for their annual bull sale. And then, of course, later on, RMA Administrator Mark. Marsha Bunger will be joining us to talk about the new tool coming out through RMA for cow-calf producers. we got a lot to cover on today's show. Stick with us. This is the Working Ranch Radio Show. There are lots of nutrition tubs out there, but none can match the true blue commitment of Vitalix. Our tubs offer you the most concentrated nutrition at the lowest cost per day. That means more profit for your operation and improved performance for your cow herd. In fact, research shows Vitalix tubs increase feed efficiency by 20% while boosting conception rates, herd health, and weaning weights. Learn more at Vitalix.com. Vitalix, the true blue tub. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills here with you as we continue to see technology playing more and more of a role in our industry. I know for some folks, when I say that, you might think, well, we're really losing out of some of the traditional components of ranching. I don't necessarily believe so. I think what we're seeing and what I feel as a real place for technology is the ability to help us make management decisions just a little bit quicker with a little less hassle. For example, instead of some long drive on out spreadsheets or notes written on uh, scratch pieces of paper or the kitchen uh, napkin on the kitchen table there. We can do this now for, through some software that's available that can help us in making some management decisions. We're going to talk about that here today. So I'm pleased to have joining with us Denise Loining and her and her husband Carl have L Bar W Cattle Company. They're out of Absorkey, Montana. And Denise, before we get started, first of all, thanks for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Well, thanks for having me. We sure appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. So yeah, looking forward to it. I kind of laughed a little bit when I introduced you, not that I was laughing at you, but partly because I'm catching you out in the corral right now as you guys are fall calving. And uh, in fact, we had to take just before we went on air, you were giving instructions to somebody about a cow to go get them tagged. And you were explaining to me how fall calving is just a little bit different. The temperament of the cattle are a little bit different than they are in wintertime calving. They are. You know, we strictly do a um, embryo transfer program in the fall. So we're typically a spring calving uh, herd, but we uh, decided here a couple of years ago that there is a market for 18 month old bulls. Mm -hmm. So any of our open females, um, we put embryos in them in, in the fall. So it's just our third year of doing this. And we have definitely found that the calves are much quicker after birth on their feet and you've got to be pretty quick to uh, get them tagged and processed or and then the cows just also take on a little bit different temperament. And I don't know if it's just, you know, it's just a little warmer. They're just mm -hmm. on green grass. So, yeah, it's been an experience for us. <laughs> yeah. But I tell you what, fall calving is pretty dang nice <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine compared to compared to uh, spring and then having to deal with those spring storms you run a registered hereford operation in absorkey montana and as you have as you guys have done this we're going to be talking about your utilization of performance beef a software that has helped you guys we're going to get into the benefits of where you have found in some of that but first of all as you were looking at your operation what were some of the things that drove you to say you know we need to have a little bit more management in our in our data so that we can utilize that and make some business decisions so what was what was kind of the background as going through your mind in all this 
So, so real quick, we're fairly new. We're fledgling seed stock producers, if you will. I mean, we're, we're, um, we're not 50 years into this deal. We're just having our eighth production sale here coming up in the spring, you know, so, so we had to kind of start from scratch really and, and how to best, you know, develop our bulls and develop a management style that works for us in our environment. And then obviously what the industry is looking for when they come to us to, you know, to purchase genetics. And I've always been a firm believer that data is knowledge. Mm-hmm. The more information you have at your fingertips, the better you can make decisions, you know, moving forward. You know, our, you know, you look at these operations that um, are in their 50, you know, 50th year or whatnot, you know, they've had great grandparents, mm-hmm. grandparents that have kind of gone through the motions of making those decisions and fine tuning an operation. So we've been a little fortunate that we get to utilize the technology that is available to us to help make some of those decisions and help us, I think, advance us maybe a little quicker in some of our management decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we first started, you know, we're just trying things, trying to figure out what's going to be the best. What, what, how can we meet our development goals on the bulls? You know, everything was being hand, hand calculated as far as our rations. You know, the guys were sitting in the tractor figuring out based on bunk score, you know, how much they needed to um, adjust their ration for the bulls that day. And I just got to looking at that and thinking there's got to be a better way to do this. And we just really hadn't found the better way, but we just kind of kept you know, thinking that, you know, we've got to, we've got to find something different because there's always that margin of human error. Nobody is perfect. Yeah. You hit the wrong number on the calculator. You add up the wrong column. You know, it, it mm-hmm. happens. We're, we're human. Uh, and so we've always, um, we've always been striving to figure out how to make things better. That's just kind of been our goals starting this. How can we make something better? And that's why we started looking into so these platforms for, you know, feed and feedlot management, I guess, or development management. Mm-hmm. So then the software that you found that would work with what you guys were wanting to do that would get the results that you wanted out of a management software was Performance Beef. Let's go back a little yeah. bit. You talked about some of the, the manual things you were doing. Let's get specifically into some of those areas from your operation in the areas of use that you're finding performance beef, you can incorporate that into. So the manual side of things that we were having to manage is inventory, like mm-hmm. our development pellet, our concentrate. So we were having to, you know, manually look at those products to make sure, do we need to order any? You know, we set up a spreadsheet for everybody that's feeding, feeding the, the bulls and the heifers. And, you know, so there's a spreadsheet that you go back to every day and you calculate how much corn needs to go in, how much pellet needs to go in, what's your dry matter and what's your water. So all of that had to be calculated by hand every single day for their, from September till, I mean, April, really, till the bulls um, leave to go to their new homes. So it, it turned in, it was, it was time consuming for that person that was, you know, yeah. going to clean bunks, kind of estimating, you know, what the bulls didn't clean up or what the heifers didn't clean up and then to manually adjust that ration because you have to feed and develop your bulls according to what the bunk is telling you, mm-hmm. you know, so you have to make, so our guys were having to make that manual adjustment on a daily, on a daily basis by hand. And when your inputs, especially on the seed stock end of things are so caught, co- it's not costly, but there's a lot more input dollar amount to develop a bull than just a commercial calf, mm-hmm. you know? So when you look at your, your price of your pellet, you know, price of your concentrate and a error, a hundred pound error every day, <laughs> that essentially equals a lot of money. And so in this day and age, when your bottom, when your, when your break even point is so slim mm-hmm. that it's really imperative that you um, are, are able to track that and to keep a little better handle on that. And so just taking out that human error um, process, I think is what really drove us to Mm-hmm. you know, to fine tuning and getting into something that's um, an online platform. Mm-hmm. So from the feed standpoint, there's areas of use there. Any other areas that performance beef or you're able to analyze or track records? 
Yeah. So with the with the performance beef, your you can allow access for your veterinarian to have access to your feed records or to your feeding program. Your nutritionist can can look on the the backside. So the one thing too that intrigued uh, me when I first is like, okay, let's say we have a health outbreak. You know th- that and that's that's plausible. Mm-hmm. You know, what if mm-hmm. we got a new batch of corn in that, you know, it might have tested okay, but now all of a sudden we've got, you know, some stuff coming through the the bulls. Our vet can come in and look at the backside of that and we can pinpoint, okay, so we had a new batch of corn delivered, you know, or we had a new batch of pellet. This is the symptoms they've got going on. Let's, let's see when that started happening. So you can, so they're allowed to come in on the backside and analyze stuff if you have a health outbreak something in the feed that might have changed where, you know, to kind of hone in on where to start looking for the problem or where to start looking as to how do we need to mitigate this? Mm-hmm. Same with your nutritionist. You know, they can come in on the backside at any point in time and see what the bulls are doing or the replacement females are doing as far as feed. If we're not, you know, gaining like we should, they can come in and look at the, you know, look at that and be like, okay, so maybe we need to adjust the dry matter side of the ration. Let's bring down the concentrate, you know, so it allows our team, if you will, to have a really good picture of what's happening in this development season of these bulls. Mm -hmm. So that's another um, key factor why why we wanted to, you know, to be part of that is it gives it gives more insight as to, okay, so you got a health problem. How do we how do we fix it? The bulls aren't gaining. So what can we look at the data that's telling us why? Mm -hmm. So just a lot of information that I think because this is a team effort. When you're when you're in this business and you're developing bulls, it's a team effort between your nutritionist, your staff, your veterinarian, you know, everybody to help get these bulls started on the right track and to keep them gaining. So you can meet your financial goals. You can meet your development goals. Yeah. Yeah. Denise, you mentioned that, you know, you guys were fairly new in the seed stock business. I mean, you've been at it a while, though. I wouldn't say you're relatively new and you've been in the industry long enough to know in ranching. When you look at what Performance Beef can, is doing for you all and, and understanding that platform out there from a data standpoint, what other types of ranching businesses do you see it working for? So when we first learned about Performance Beef, it was through a veterinarian client workshop sponsored by Zoetis in, in Red Lodge. I think it must have been back in 2019. And their original... they platform, I think, or who they were kind of targeting at that point was more of the feedlot, like those types of, of operations where they're, you know, bringing in those those steers or feeding heifers and then they're going out. But I knew at that time, I'm like, we can make this work on the seed stock side of things. And so we worked really closely with um, their representative that was here um, in our area. And we were able to utilize that program in a seed stock situation. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's originally where it was designed because this was, this company was, I believe more in the Midwest Mm -hmm. and it hadn't kind of ventured out into the West yet. So, but I think it can work for anybody, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's just a great program. It just really allows a person to understand exactly what's going into these, into your cattle, whether it's a cow-calf operation or a seed stock, whether you're background in calves for somebody. So it's just, there's just a lot of good benefits. And when our profit margins, as everybody knows in this industry, is so, so tight to be able to, to get a handle on your true input costs, that's I mean, that's key. That's a make or break deal, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think as we kind of conclude this up, it's a good point that it really comes down to we have to know what our costs are. That's essentially what this is coming down to. And as as you're talking here today, that's that's kind of what you're getting at is this is that mechanism. This is that platform that allows you to make these decisions and know that you're not putting more in than you're getting out. Right. You know, and and I think that's one thing is when you're one thing that we realized, you know, we I mean, we always kind of had an idea of what it costs for us to develop a bull. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of have that that number, but the reports that you can generate on the backside, whether it's monthly, quarterly, whatever, I mean, it's going to break down exactly how much these critters are costing us 
you know, to to develop. So, you know, it's so that really makes you understand, especially on the seed stock um, side of things is, you know, you got to put a value on that that calf if you were to sell them in the fall as a steer. And then, you know, let's just say your input cost is twelve hundred dollars to get him through development, plus your sale expenses. You can take a look at that calf and be like, you know what, is he really going to, you know, bring us four thousand dollars at our sale or is he better off that we just send him send them to town in the fall. Mm -hmm. You know, it it really, it really makes a person think Mm -hmm. about that. And then we can track our meds. Mm -hmm. So when we're processing cattle, you can enter in like your, say your repeats that you might've treated for pneumonia or foot rot or something. It can track all of that. So as you're, you know, looking at, at stuff and you're like, oh, he's a three-peat refender for pneumonia you know what? I think he just needs to go to town. Yeah. You know, so there's just, it, it just gives, and all that information is at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So this platform works on, it's on an Apple platform. So I can have it on my phone. The guys have it on their phones. The iPad stays with the feed and tractor. And so, and I get reports at the end of the day because we develop our bulls at a separate location than the home place. And so I get a report at the end of the day that tells me exactly what the bulls were fed that day, the replacement females, anything that, that is in, within the system, it tells me at the end of the day. And it says, sends me inventory shortages. So we're not manually like looking if the guys forget to tell me, oh, hey, we got five days left to pellet. Yeah. I put, yeah. you know, what happens? We yeah, all get yeah. busy. It's the middle of January. January, we're calving, we're trying to picture bulls and clip bulls and somebody forgets, well, I set up my warnings to a certain level. So say I want a two ton warning, it'll tell me, you know, your one of your inventories is, you know, at or below your, your warning. Mm-hmm. And then that's like, oh, I better get pellet ordered, whatever. So it's just... It, it's just helped us a lot to be more efficient. You bet. All right. Well, Denise, I appreciate you taking the time out of your fall, busy fall cabin schedule to visit with us about performance beef and wish you guys, you and Carl and uh, everybody there at Elbar W Cattle Company in Absorkey, Montana, the best here as we move into the fall of the year. Well, we sure appreciate the opportunity and you as well have a great fall and uh, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a good fall for everybody. <laughs> well, so, again, thank you very much. You bet. And, again, if you're wanting more information about Performance Beef, you can go to their website at performancelivestockanalytics.com. Find out more there. And speaking of websites, if you're needing some good Hereford Bulls, I can tell you March 8th of 2024, L-Bar W Cattle Company will be having their sale. You can check their sale catalog out and their information on their website at lbarw.com. We'll stay with us. Coming up next, RMA administrator marcia munger will be joining us as we talk about this new tool coming out for cow calf producers through the rma we'll be back on the working ranch radio show after this animal health is key to your business so how do you track cattle health treatments stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs performance beef helps you record processing data enter costs and track animal health history all in real time at the shoot The mobile app also makes it easy to log pasture and pen treatments on the go. Your health data is integrated with feed and financial information in one easy-to-use platform, accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills, as I don't know if you had an opportunity to catch it or not, but just here the last part of September, the USDA Risk Management Agency unveiled a new program coming out called the Weaned Calf Risk Protection Program. And I'm pleased to have joining us today on our program, none other than the administrator for the Risk Management Agency, Ms. Marsha Munger. And Marsha, thanks for joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thank you so much, Justin, for having me. Well, before we went on air, we were kind of visiting a little bit. Uh, You're in South Dakota. I'm in Wyoming here, and we were talking a little bit about that. And I know we want to talk about the program first and foremost that's being rolled out. But I also think it's important for people to know that are listening in on this show. I'm not just talking to somebody that that doesn't really have the knowledge of what it means to be a a working ranch operation, farming operation. You're, You're on a fifth generation outfit there in South 
South Dakota, you yourself and your husband, your family, you guys have been doing this for quite some time. So I'm talking to somebody here today, folks, you need to know that knows agriculture. And that's what I appreciate about you. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. And definitely, I think it's important that we have people in these positions that have the experience, have Mm -hmm. been the boots on the ground. And so it has been very helpful to me in this role, working not only for the farm service agency, but also a crop insurance agent. But most importantly, as an egg producer myself with my husband, I'm very excited about this pilot of the wean calf that we're rolling out. My husband and I do have a cow calf operation that we've been doing, you know, since we first got married, we've had cows mm-hmm. and that was um, back starting in 1982. All right. Well, Marsha, again, I'm glad to have you here on the program and excited for you to be on to talk about this pilot program called the Weaned Calf Risk Protection Program that's out for a lot of us as ranchers with dealing with risk management agency or knowing what they do. A lot of us have been familiar with LRPs or the PRFs, but nevertheless, this is a new pilot program. We'll get into where that's going to be made available, but first, First of all, give us the details of basically what brought this about and what its purpose and intent is for ranchers. Definitely. You know, RMA continues to look at ways to address risk management, not only with crops, but with livestock. And we do have a number of products already that are available, but I think this is just in addition to the Livestock Revenue Protection Program that is already in existence. And so it has now opened up the doors, I think, for weaned calf, cow-calf producers, so that they're able to protect their commodity in events of weather. You know, And so the actual policy itself is an actual production history policy that ensures producers against yield losses due to natural causes such as drought, excessive moisture, hail, wind, frost, insects, and disease. Mm-hmm. In the case of the new wean calf protection coverage, it's being provided both with regards to yield loss with weights, but also a decline in price. And so we've kind of coupled those two together. And a lot of this has been through feedback from ranchers. I think it's important to note that RMA has an incredible staff on board. Um, We're small in agency size, but our footprint is pretty large out in the country because probably all told with approved insurance providers and agents and RMA staff, we probably are looking at close to 13,000 folks that are involved in all of this. But this is a private submission um, brought on board through the 508H process that Congress stood up a number of years ago to allow private industry to come through the Federal Crop Insurance Corporation Board to introduce new and innovative products. And I think this is exactly what that is. It's innovative. And I'm excited to see the progress this next year with right now, there's been quite a bit of interest. So hopefully folks will take advantage and start to talk to their crop insurance agent in the areas that it's being offered. Yeah. You know, and I really have seen a lot of interest in LRPs and and producers looking at that in the last two to three years, at least definitely a lot more crop insurance providers providing that service has really picked up as well and trying to get that information out so that producers are aware of just what is available and what they can be, they can do to ensure against events that could uh, be devastating to a ranching operation. Now, as we had mentioned before, the this wean calf risk protection program, it's a pilot program. So let's talk about what states it will be made available with as it kicks off to start. Certainly. So the pilot is going to be introduced for livestock producers in Colorado, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Texas. Mm-hmm. And so that's, we're going to start, we're going to um, have a, a smaller, you know, pilot although some of these states are large in um, size. um, But I think that's always the best way is to take a look at um, how this is going to work, get feedback, hear from livestock producers, how they thought it worked so that we can evolve the policy Mm -hmm. and hopefully expand it into other states in the coming years. Yeah. Do you have a you have any idea like with the time frame on when that would happen expansion wise? I know a lot of it's probably going to be determined on how the pilot goes, but is there kind of do you kind of have a timeline in place? Currently, there is no timeline in place because this is a privately held product that is at the 
discretion of the submitter. And so depending upon the experience, we realize this next year, we'll make adjustments with their recommendations and then go from there. I think LRP probably very similarly mm-hmm. was introduced that way and we want to get it right. And so as far as the timeline, unfortunately, I, I don't have an answer mm-hmm. to that. I just need those in um, the states that are part of the pilot to take a look at it, use it if it applies and give the valuable feedback that we're going to need. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that there is a private side of this, which basically means it is through a crop insurance agent that you would contact them to purchase this insurance, much like similarly they do if they're interested in LRPs or some of the other RMA programs that are available out there. Will the current ones that already are up and rolling with the current programs, will they automatically be able to have this available or what's what's kind of that stance? Is there some training involved that they'd have to do and will it be available through pretty much the same ones that are offering the other RMA programs? Um, typically, they will offer it. Mm-hmm. So there will be um, a time in, in the next couple of months where they'll need to do training. So the approved insurance providers, the companies will develop training and they will also develop software and then um, bring in crop insurance agents and and it'll probably be those that are already selling LRP although it's not limited mm-hmm. to just those agents but to provide the training that is necessary to um, then turn around and sell and service the policy to livestock growers. Mm-hmm. So what was the catalyst that brought this program to fruition? Because I do see it being valuable in the fact that the current LRP does a good job of handling feeders and the stockers, but there's that gap in there between those two classes of cattle. So what was it that brought this to a point of, of building a pilot program to get rolled out and hopefully bringing it to the rest of the country at some point? Um, You know, I think it's probably a couple of things. I think it's input from industry. It's input from livestock growers. I also think just like you said, there was a gap. Mm -hmm. You know, when we look at South Dakota as an example, on the eastern side of the state, we have feed. And so you have the ability to feed out your cattle, whereas in the western part of the state, it's pretty much Mm -hmm. cow-calf. And so it was a gap that we saw and fortunately a private submitter was able to formulate a policy and bring it through the federal, the FCIC board mm-hmm. for us to take a look at. Um, nothing happens real quickly. It's usually about a two to three year process. So there has been some work being done on this for a while now. Well, and we've definitely seen some storm or weather catastrophes that have been pretty dramatic for especially this class of cattle. Really, I I just, we're, you know, we're just coming out of, as you had mentioned, as we talked about, you know, you're out of South Dakota and and I just was recollecting in uh, a previous show that we had here and reading the account of somebody that had went through the storm Atlas and that happened just, I mean, 10 years ago, almost now. I mean, earlier than now. Mm -hmm. So it is definitely a a class of cattle targeting a class of cattle that we hadn't in the past. I want to get back just in general for risk management agency as a whole, because really, as I had mentioned, we are seeing a lot of interest in LRPs and the PRF and, and those, when we look at the ranching side of things, that continues to really be growing. Definitely. When you look at the total acres insured under PRF, it totals more than all of the corn, soybean, and wheat acres that are insured in this country today. The LRP program now has reached up into the top 10 for most policies sold. So it just continues to grow. I feel that this product, the wean calf product, we're also going to see a lot of interest and I'm crossing my fingers that we'll continue to see growth and that we'll be able to expand. Mm-hmm. You bet. And I think there probably will be. We've had several shows here where we've had, we've talked about LRPs and getting that information and that word out to folks uh, as looking at that as, as a mechanism to be, have some protection in that. And I really think not to downplay the cattle market in terms of the Chicago board and some of those kinds of things, but I think some folks have found the LRPs are easy to understand, easy to use, and much like they are, I'm guessing this the weaned uh, calf risk protection program is going to be fairly simple to understand as well? I believe so. I think it will be. So I just encourage listeners to get a hold of their crop insurance agent. The deadline to purchase for the 2024 year is January 31st. Agents will be getting training here probably in the next 
four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. So they may not be able to answer a lot of questions up front, but that is your best source. And that's where you need to start first. If you would like to look at purchasing wean calf. All right. Well, Marsha, I appreciate you taking the time to to do this. I know it just rolled out here a week or so ago and, and your mm-hmm. office contacted me about just getting this information out. And I appreciate you taking the time to join us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you. Again, Marsha Bunger, who is the administrator for the Risk Management Agency, joining us here today on the program, talking about the unveiling of the pilot program called the Wean Calf Risk Protection Program, no doubt hitting a class of cattle that really hasn't probably had the best protection or coverage through their previous programs as well. And it is a pilot program, as she was saying, it's going to be made available first in the states of Colorado, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Texas. So if you're in those states or if you have cattle located in those states don't be afraid to get a hold of your local crop insurance agent they are the ones that it would be made available through and also if you have more questions or want to find out more about it you can go to the rma's website as well it's rma.usda.gov and you can find more information there on this new pilot program called the wean calf risk protection program well stay with us we'll have more on the working ranch radio show after this There are lots of nutrition tubs out there, but none can match the true blue commitment of Vitalix. Our tubs offer you the most concentrated nutrition at the lowest cost per day. That means more profit for your operation and improved performance for your cow herd. In fact, research shows Vitalix tubs increase feed efficiency by 20% while boosting conception rates, herd health, and weaning weights. Learn more at Vitalix.com. Vitalix, the true blue tub. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm going to do something in this segment that I can honestly say I I really have never done since I've hosted the Working Ranch Radio Show, and that is uh, spend a little time in this segment to go back and look at the markets and look at how things got started for the month of October. As uh, as we've indicated on previous shows, it is kind of the start of that fall run, so we're going to spend some time here today to to look and see how that got started. If you remember just a few weeks ago, we had Clint Berry on with Superior Livestock joining us as he give us his outlook on what he expected that fall run to look like and of course since that time there have really been some major news developments that's taken place as well both uh, internationally of course what's going on in Israel is really dominating the news and and weighing on a lot of folks' minds out there as far as how that's going to play out domestically we continue to see the southern border be an issue in addition to some of the dysfunction that's going on in Washington DC so all of these things I think are, are, are issues that I don't know in a way that they've really affected our cattle markets the start of October particularly, but they are issues ne- nevertheless to be thinking about. So when we look at that, uh, I wanted to take this time here again today to, to spend some time looking at how this thing is 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 getting started for our 2023 fall run. What I always ask to Clint Berry or so anybody that's on the show where we're talking cattle markets is really getting, I always want to drill down too into, in terms of what are the things that we as producers are doing, some of the input costs that we're doing, such as preconditioning or weaning or those kinds of things, are they paying off? And I think is when we look at some of the markets reports that we get from the USDA's National Feeder and Stocker Cattle Summary. By all accounts, it's definitely indicating that we are seeing a good demand for those uh, calves that have at least two rounds of vaccinations and that they're going to be trucked and co-mingled with other cattle. These buyers are wanting good vaccination programs and a strong respiratory protocol as part of that. They find the value in that and it looks as though they're willing to pay for that, especially when you look against some of these planer type calves, some of those coming right off the cow unweaned unworked that those cattle those calves are actually seeing a bit of a discount in there so i think it's giving us some indication if you're sitting on the fence right now you got a set of calves you're not quite sure what to do with them maybe you want to consider that process of if you haven't preconditioned preconditioning getting those round of shots in those calves and then also at the same time maybe looking at weaning of course the ability to do that could be different for other folks if you're in a part of the country that's had a lot of feed 
need then and it's cheaper for you then of course it makes sense to do that if you're a part of the country where it's been droughty maybe it doesn't work for you and to each his own on that one you have to figure that out and pencil that out on your own but when we look at this i think it's interesting to note when we when we base this off of where the market was last at where we're at here to now in fact in fact to be honest with you we're actually higher than the last high that we saw in the market which was around that 2014 and 15 mark we're already seeing our markets surpassing that just now and by all accounts again the fundamentals would speak to the fact that we're going to see these markets continue to move higher however as we started the fall run of october 2023 we did see the markets maybe drop just a little bit, but uh, really not as many cattle going through. Of course, we know that because we know the fact that the U.S. cattle herd is down a little bit as well. So we we do see these markets, the cattle numbers down just a little bit. And of course, that always in the long run should create some demand and should create some strength in this market. I want to go through here uh, region by region, some of these calf prices and feeder cattle prices as well. I, I know that things can change and you're going to pick an up a little bit but i think if anything gives you some trends and as we look at these i i think it's interesting to look at where we're at uh you know where we're at now versus where we were at a year ago and where we were at five years ago in these markets as well so we're going to start at some of these feeder steers at this around a seven to eight hundred weight which i realize folks that is a big big gap and i hate i honestly hate really giving prices on gaps that big because there's a big difference between a 700 pound steer and an 800 pound steer but nevertheless just information here that we have from the usda on this and when we look at seven eight hundred pound steers and these steers coming out of north central areas which would include the dakotas iowa missouri montana nebraska and wyoming the average on those steers uh, seven eight hundred pound steers was two dollars and sixty five cents per hundred weight a year ago that was 189 and five years ago that was 167 so we're about a dollar higher on that than we were a year ago and i think you're going to see that range a dollar higher than we were five years ago across all of these when we look down here in the south central area of arkansas colorado kansas new mexico oklahoma and texas on these seven to eight weights the average price there was 252 so just about Oh, looks like about 13 cents lower than where we were in the North Central. When we look at Southeast average of Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Virginia, that average price at about two thirty-two a year or five years ago. That price was a dollar forty-nine per hundred weight on those seven eight weight steers. And finally, when we look uh, into the western areas of the country, Arizona, California, Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, Utah, and Washington, average price on those at two dollars and fifty cents per hundred weight a year ago. That was one eighty, and five years ago that was one fifty-seven per hundred weight. So definitely, as we're continuing to see that trend and that uh, that gaps pretty much about the same just around a, at least a dollar gap than where we were at five years ago now let's take a look at where the stalker uh, steers are at because that's a, again probably a majority of where everybody's looking at right now uh, with what's available and what they have on hand when we look at these five to six hundred pound steers again a big gap that i really don't like to give a lot of information on nevertheless because there's a big difference between a five six hundred pound steer nevertheless when we look at the north central area average again that area areas of Dakota, the Dakotas, Iowa, and Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, and Wyoming. Average price on these five to six weight feeder steers were $3 per hundred weight. A year ago, they were 209 and five years ago, that was 192 So boy, oh boy, I'll tell you what, look at the gap in that versus where we were at five years ago. In the north central area of Arkansas, or excuse me, south central area of Arkansas, Colorado, Kansas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. Average price on these five to six weight feeder steers 284 per hundred weight five years ago that was 183 so a dollar better than they were five years ago in southeastern part of the country alabama florida georgia kentucky louisiana mississippi tennessee and virginia five to six weight feeder steers averaging two dollars and 54 cents per hundred weight a year ago 173 five years ago a dollar 70 and in the western part of the country arizona california Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, Utah, and Washington. That average on these five to six weight feeders, two ninety-two per hundred weight, a dollar ninety-eight a year ago, and one eighty-three five years ago. So we continue to see at least uh, around that dollar gap from a year ago, and a little over that on five year ago prices 
that's good news. That is definitely good news on these feeder cattle that we're seeing. Again, a lighter run a bit to start the month of October. That's not always unprecedented by no means, and we'll continue to see that pick up. Now, one of the other things when we looked and we're talking a bit ago about the value that these buyers are willing to pay for wean calves, well, then we start looking at the weather because that definitely plays a, plays into it as well. And for many parts of the country where it's been a little bit milder, we've seen hot uh, hot days, cool nights, and that big gap in there is not always a good thing to be weaning calves in. So as we start to see this weather changing a bit and cooling off a bit, probably see a little bit more favorable to weaning conditions, not really wanting uh, a lot of moisture to some extent. Moisture is definitely a two-edged sword on this deal because we moisture is good for later on down the road, but it's at the same time, don't really like to see that stress that it can put on these cattle as they're both being weaned. And then later on, maybe some of these that are going to be showing up on the feed yards or, or wherever they may end up after they leave the home places. Nevertheless, it does look like that the market is continuing to stay pretty strong. Again, wanting to reiterate the fact that it looks like these buyers are definitely interested in these calves that have been vaccinated, that have been weaned. But again, you got to pencil that out and make sure it's worth your time and effort in doing that in the conditions and, and whatever feed availability that you have. Now, just a couple final things before we head to break, and that is if you do plan on taking some calves to the sale barn, don't forget to have your shot information. Fill out that shot sheet information that tells what they had at branding time. If you did any preconditioning shots, also if they've been weaned, how many days they've been weaned, have as much of that information as available as possible. I think you're absolutely leaving money on the table if you go to all that work of vaccinating calves, uh, weaning calves, and then they, when those calves cross the sale barn floor nobody knows what has happened with them the auctioneer doesn't have anything to say about them so make sure you take the time to get the shot sheets to the sale barn ahead of time with your calves and of course with that get them consigned if you know you're going to be headed to the sale barn call them a week two weeks three weeks ahead of time so they can get that information of your calves to the buyer database that they have whether it's through their local radio station programs that they do or maybe they have an email that they send out to buy but any of that information is good. Again, we got to help ourselves. We can't expect everything to just work for us. And I think these are some of the things that we can do as ranchers, as sellers to help our product sell a little bit better. And we know, I know these prices are going to be good this year, but we can help ourselves even a little bit more by having that information available and get it to that sale barn prior to our calves getting there. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we talked a little bit about uh, weaning weather. Well, Don Day will be up next as we take a look at our long-term weather when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Do you have a young child, grandchild, niece, or nephew that loves the weather and wants to learn more? Day Weather has produced a children's weather journal full of weather facts, fun weather experiments, coloring pages, and pages to record weather observations for every season of the year. The weather journal is for ages 3 to 7 and designed to be fun and educational. The interactive weather projects are fun for the whole family to take part in. For only $10, the Day Weather Weather Journal is a great gift idea for any occasion. Click on our Amazon link to order at dayweather.com. And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. This is a look at our long-term weather. And joining us is meteorologist Don Day. Don, we were talking before we went on air that, and, and we'd even talked about it previous on previous shows, that we really did get quite a ways into the fall of the year before, for, at least for our neck of the woods, before we really saw some cold temperatures. However, this last storm that kind of went through dropped quite a bit of moisture in our country and higher elevations, some snow, and we did get down into some cold temperatures but it really is kind of prolonged later than it typically would be in a, on a normal year yeah most of the nation has enjoyed a, a pretty decent fall there's been some heavy rain episodes like what we have just witnessed in the uh, plain states in the upper midwest and the northwest corn belt and parts of new england have seen some heavy rain but uh, through the month of september and into october we haven't had a lot of uh, weather Temperatures uh, have been comfortable. We haven't had a big blast of Arctic air come in early. Uh, and while we we did have some tropical storm and hurricane activity early in the hurricane season, it's been fairly quiet here recently. But now we're starting to see our, our fortunes change a little bit. And when you look at the calendar, you say, yeah, well, it's <laughs> yeah. about time you, you would expect it. Uh, yeah. Those days getting so much shorter and those nights longer in those northern latitudes uh, 
That's one thing you can't beat. You can't beat the earth tilting away from the sun this time of year. That just takes yeah. over. Yeah, that's going to happen no matter what. You talked about a lot of moisture falling across the northern tier of the country. And I guess my thought initially, I know for a lot of us that are cow-calf guys, we're in the middle of there's the fall run going on and guys are moving cattle. But then the other side of this is the feed side of the business. And that is how much of that moisture do you think are we going to see some big delays in that harvest of the corn crop in the Midwest? Well, they've had really good harvest weather so far. And at least for the large part of the Corn Belt, this recent rain mainly got into those northern and northwest areas that I think it's going to be enough to to keep folks out of the field for a few days. But I don't see another one that looks as wet that would really log jam things up in terms of the harvest. Mm-hmm. So while this is going to cause some delays, I think there's going to be a lot of benefits from this moisture. One thing that I know folks have been talking about is the low levels on the Missouri and Mississippi river systems kind of slowing down trade a little bit there. This rain is going to help with those uh, river levels. Um, So yeah, while there's going to be delays, I don't think it's going to be a backbreak or anything that'll be too much of a problem. Mm -hmm. So with the last weather pattern that we've seen, it's been a wave pattern of, we have a few good days, uh, warmer days than a few days of some sort of a storm and then back to some warmer days. Is that the pattern we're going to continue to see? Or will we get into a stretch where we see maybe a couple week run of of some nicer weather or, or I guess or a prolonged moisture type pattern? I think what we're going to see here in the next seven to 10 days is, is, is a repeat of what we just have been seeing. We get a storm and a front move through a large part of the nation. You have some weather with it. Then you have several days of nice autumn weather. And that's exactly what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. But after that, one thing we're seeing on our long range charts is some things going on in the northern and eastern Pacific, which is a colder signal, mm-hmm. uh, especially for the central and parts of the Western United States. So I think as we get closer to that Halloween timeframe, early November, I see overall for a lot of the USA, a, a colder trend, mm-hmm. a trend that's going to be uh, uh, reminiscent of, oh, maybe winter is off to an early start. That is a signal that we're getting more confident at seeing. So another seven to 10 days of where we've been. Then after that, it looks a little more wintry towards that end of the month and into the first half of November. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've talked a little bit with some of this weather that have we been seeing has really probably been more on the northern tier a bit. I mean, it's been far as south as, as into Colorado and everything, but what about into like in the southwest and the southern central part of the country? Well, in the southwest, if you go into the desert southwest, central southern California, then across into New Mexico and into Texas across the southern plains, uh, the precipitation really has not been abundant at all. Now, some of New Mexico, some of Texas has gotten some rain a little bit, but the better rain and what we saw here over the last several days is has been in the southeast. Uh, the southeast areas, the lower delta, those areas have been more wet. So we are still dry uh, in parts of those southern plains, Oklahoma, Texas, and the southwestern United States. However, this is not the time of year when we would expect to be wet in those areas. But Mm -hmm. with this change in the weather I talked about earlier, late October into November, their fortunes for precipitation will go up. All right. Well, Don, thanks for joining us here again, giving us a look at what our weather is going to look like here as we approach the latter half of October. Sure thing. And again, that is meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. You can go to his website at dayweather.com and find a link to his YouTube channel where he's there each and every morning with a look at the long-term weather. Well, stay with us. Coming up after the break, I'll tell you what's in store for next week's show. We'll be back on the Working Ranch Radio Show after this. Coming up next week, we're pleased to have back Mary Jo Ehrman. Of course, she wrote the book Farming Without the Bank. This time, though, we're going to be talking about just some warnings or some things that she offers for us to consider here in the ranching industry in consideration of the financial picture that we see out there. A great show you will not want to miss next week's edition of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thanks to our sponsors here today, Vitalix, Performance Beef, and Tank Toad. Well, the Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine 
magazine branded number one by America's Ranchers. The captain is working on the next issue of Working Ranch Magazine. And if you want that to be in your mailbox, when it kicks out, you can go to their website at workingranchmag.com and start your subscription today. Well, if you'd like to get a hold of me, maybe you have a question or a show topic you'd like us to cover, please feel free to reach out to me. My email address is justin.workingranch at gmail.com. Or you can text me at 307-363-COWS. Be sure to join us right here at same place, same time next week or on your favorite podcast provider. I'm Justin Mills. And until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.